I made a new mistake as a pastor. Um, I don't know about your job, but in my job, I make lots of different mistakes, and it's it feels like I should stop making certain mistakes, but I think the reality is uh, it read out of order. So the verses were out of order, and it's totally my fault, and I didn't even notice when I read the text. And I think the reason is because of Peter's urgency. He's writing to husbands and wives in the same way that he wrote to employees and to everyone serving under government, that there is Christian hope for them in all of these places, and it will involve suffering. He didn't talk about that as much with husbands and wives, but it is worth it to honor Christ in all of the relationships we find ourselves in. And part of the reason that I didn't notice that the text was out of order is because the letter overlaps. Peter reminds me of someone who would color something in by moving around it um, and not thoroughly completing any section until the end. Paul's much more uh, linear. You could watch him coloring something in and it would happen all uh, it would happen gradually, step by step. I think James just colors outside the lines. But Peter kind of goes in a circular motion. Picture yourself coloring in a circle. And he goes from left to right, down, left again, up, right, down, left. But the thing that's so encouraging is the urgent tone, when applied to husbands and wives, is so hopeful. All of eschatology can be applied broadly speaking don't wait to love god and neighbor whether it's jesus talking in mark 13 or first thessalonians or the book of revelation or peter who says finally in chapter three and he's right about halfway done with his first letter he's going to write a second letter also why does he say finally because he wants people to not wait and there's an embedded implied powerful hope in there for spouses. You can learn to live with your spouse in an understanding way. And let's define submission as thinking of the other's good before your own. That's not an exclusive definition for submission, but I think it's a good definition in relationship. So you can learn increasingly to live to understand your spouse. And you can put their good above your own. Not every single time. That's not what Peter's talking about. But he's talking about a lifestyle of learning to live in an understanding way and pursue the good of the other. And there's so much beautiful hope in these passages. I think in a traditional society, we would have to say something to make sure people know. Not every single time. In a modern society, we throw out Chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, about submitting, wives submitting and husbands living in an understanding way. And we miss the beauty of them because of the culture. And here's the beauty. In an eschatological sense, don't wait because you can learn to find your spouse again. You can become a better listener. You can change. I'm convinced it requires more energy to not change than to change. But more importantly, here's Peter speaking almost poetically, with a great deal of urgency. I can picture his pen flying across the page quickly. The point is not to reject the word submission, not to unpack this as though it's the only thing the scripture says about marriage. It's to be inspired by it. 
And if you're single and you're listening to this, be inspired that your relationships can increasingly get healthier, primarily through the two things Peter talks about, learning to sometimes put the good of the other before yourself and learn to listen, live in an understanding way. Those of you that are married, I hope that you take hope through these verses that you can increasingly learn to find your spouse, put their good above your own, and learn to listen to them. This isn't the gospel, but the gospel empowers it. Because we're loved, we're able to love those in our life.